Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health and mindset, inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins. Hey guys, Steve here and welcome back to the Adaptation Podcast. In today's episode, we have to spend a few minutes talking about the dreaded beast from the east. This is that chilly weather front coming in from Siberia that is playing absolute havoc with the UK. We're talking minus three to minus 10 degree weather, continuous snow, absolute chilliness. I mean, beyond what we're used to and quite clearly a country that has ground to a halt as a result of this weather. We're then going to talk about the two topics of today's Q&A episode. The first question is New Year's resolutions and are people still keeping to those in March? The reality is there will be a natural decline, but the question is why? Why are people backing off of their fitness and health goals this soon into the year? Can we dissect their goals and more importantly, give you guys some guidance on how to better set goals and be more deeply connected to lasting change in your health and fitness journey? The second question is about joint pain. And in particular, I've got knee pain. I've got moviegoer's knee, which is a hot knee type experience that occurs when typically I'm lifting. And it's episodic, it comes and goes, but it has flared up again for the first time in a year. We talk about what's potentially causing that knee pain, the fact it's unlikely that I need surgery, and some corrective drills and practices that you can undertake to test and retest your joint pain, see if you can eliminate it for yourself and avoid the expense and complexity of dealing with the professionals within science, health and medicine. So let's get into this and we hope you enjoy it. Fuck me, it's cold, right? Bloody freezing, isn't it? Oh my God. What do they call it? The um, the beast from the beast east. The east, yeah. The Siberian cold front is is killing us in the UK at the minute. We're just not used to this this bitterness, right? It is quite cold, but I, I actually quite like it because it's sunny and snowy. It feels like you're almost on a ski holiday, and I think it's actually quite nice. Um, but yeah, obviously the cold weather isn't. I thought spring was around the corner, and obviously not. Well, it's really, yeah, end end of Feb. I guess I guess we do get this every once in a while but you kind of assume we're kind of getting out of the winter now yeah. we're going to start to see those kind of longer spring summer, summer days and this just come out of nowhere it's quite quite odd isn't it it's like showers it's like snow showers which we don't normally get it usually snows or it doesn't yeah but here it's like like the other day i was driving along and i had sun behind me i was driving down the road and i could literally see this line of snow that i was about to drive into no way and i went into it and it was unbelievable like the blizzard, blizzard was it was unbelievable it was i could barely see the car in front of me but it was so powdery it was hitting the road swirling and the whole road just looked like it was moving it's incredible but it only lasted like 10 minutes and then it went and then it came back again later an hour later and it's just like almost april showers of snow isn't it it is it is odd and i know some people enjoy the snow mm. like for me there's something romantic about snow i mean i, I guess yeah. i guess it's just when i was a kid right and that rare occasion 
in the winter, maybe near Christmas. Yeah. You know, you get a nice kind of fluffy snowstorm and it just, it lights me up inside. So generally I look at snow and I, mm. I enjoy seeing it. My wife, on the other hand, she hates snow. She's good. She just gets pissed gets off. Gets in the way, I can't. As soon as it snows, she's thinking, yeah. okay, my, my car's going to slide yeah. all over the place. There's going to be dickheads on the road. <laughs> Things are going to slow down. Um, my shoes are going to get filthy. You know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to have to wear my Uggs. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm going to get all that sloppy kind of like, you know, like when yeah, snow so goes all kind of slushy. That's when it's not nice. I, I, I'm like a big kid because I'll, I'll go up and I'll... Like look out the window as it's snowing. When I wake up in the morning, if I know it's going to snow, do you do any, do any snowmen? Like I, yeah. I know you don't have kids, but do you ever feel compelled to go and you? Go oh, I did one this year. Yeah, we had did a bit you? of snow and the team <laughs> took the dog out, and I was like, "Well, there's only one thing to do," and I built a snowman. So, it, uh, I don't think it was built to last, but hey, it was a. So what you done it? What this week? No, no, this was a few months, few months oh, back, okay, didn't we? Okay. Or a couple of weeks ago, when we had snow. But um, I don't think we've had enough now to do a snowman. If yeah, you'd have to scrape right, and you're going to get loads of mud in there. It's going to look Pebbles like a pretty ugly, dirty yeah. snowman if you try to do it. Now. Yeah, but I I think the you know these little these apps that give you the temperature. I think they're saying it's like minus three, minus four at the moment, but yeah. feels like minus eight to minus ten. Yeah, I mean it's fucking cold. It's cold, and you done a boot camp last night. Last night. Yeah. Like I'm telling you now, I would not have gone to that. Do you know what though? Because the the actual temperature didn't feel too bad. It was on your skin, so it's the it's the wind, it's the air that's cold. But the actual feel, as in when you're layered up, it's fine. You know when sometimes you're cold to the bone, mm. but it wasn't like that. I was actually quite warm. It was just like my skin was so so cold. But the boot campers, as soon as they get running, two minutes in, they're stripping all their layers off and they're. There it's warm and into t-shirts. Or yeah, as warm as they would be in the summer. Like really? they, they, your body is amazing how quickly it warms up. Yeah, I, I remember. Hardcore. I remember when I when I ran the marathon. Obviously, that's in April. Yeah, and we had a holiday to go to New York as a family, and it was it was January, February, something like that. And I didn't want to m- lose. The, the potential training time that yeah. was important because 26 miles I've never done anything like that before keep it up and you... so whilst I was in New York I thought it'd be great I'll get out there early in the morning before we get out Yeah. Um, and I'll just have a little run around Central Park and I must admit it was amazing it, you, feel, you feel like you know those kind of nostalgic uh, New York movies where you mm. see people running in Central amazing, Park yeah. it was it was cool but it was it was really really bitter cold and I hadn't prepared for that Yeah. so I you know, seven o'clock in the morning, might have been even slightly earlier, everyone's still in bed, go stick on my running gear. Mm. And it's cold, but I've got, um, what did I have? I had just a t-shirt, shorts. I, I, literally, I think that That's was it. I, I, didn't have, I didn't have any thermals. I didn't yeah. have any compression tights <laughs> or any hat or gloves. I just went out like as if it was- How cold did it get out there then? It was cold. It was like this kind of cold, minus right. four-ish. So I go out there and I think, I'm just going to warm up. Yeah. And you know like when it's so cold that you take a breath and it, it, it kind of freezes you from the inside. Mm, like yeah, the lungs can't it. handle that cold yeah. heat, especially as you, sorry, that cold air, especially as you start running. So I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get my, get my, my thing on. I'm running through the main parts of uh, central Manhattan, getting towards the park. And it's cold and you see all like the the bin men and all the kind of like facilities starting to wake up because it's yeah. dark. And I see a couple people jogging towards the park and they're 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 dressed up 
Mm. Right, they're, they're, they're like Probably wrapped really. up I'm in like several you. layers, and I'm like, I've got all my skin. <laughs> Typical like, Englishman, we're never prepared for the heat or, or the exa- cold weather. Exactly. <laughs> so I get to the park, and then it starts getting busy. You see loads of people running. Yeah. And I actually think there must have been a bit of a run on some kind of uh, event. But everyone, everyone had gloves on, like thermal gloves, yeah. thermal jumpers, woolly hats, you know, tracksuit bottoms, a couple of layers. Just a miserable time otherwise, don't you? And I, I was so cold, up. I didn't warm up the whole time. I got <laughs> back, it was still dark, because yeah. it was that early. I got into the bed, couldn't even shower because I was so cold. And I literally was cold to the bone. Yeah. It took me probably two hours before I recovered from that. So, note to self... One, I don't do well with cold like that. And two, <laughs> fucking put some you, clothes on, and, right? And the thing is, well, when you are that cold, you can't warm yourself up quickly because have you ever had it where your hands are so cold and you put them in under, like, hot water or you put them on radiator? Oh, it's horrible, oh, isn't God. it? And you get this horrible kind of, like, tingly... Burning. Burning fit. That's exactly oh, what happened. And I, that can last for ages as well. Yeah, I got back and I was... Yeah. I had that burn. I, as soon as I got into a warm room, it was like... My skin was burning. Yeah. And it felt like my bones were cold. And I just got under the duvet and I thought, okay, I'll warm up in a couple of minutes. An hour later, I was still shivering. Yeah. It's mental. I mean, you've yeah. got to kind of like look after yourself when you kind of think about exercising in this weather. Southern, uh, southern softies, I think it was. <sighs> talk about softies. <laughs> I, I, walked out, I walked out of the gym last night <laughs> at my office and it was cold. And, um, didn't realise it, but there was a, like, a sheet of ice on the decking, and I went fucking <laughs> arse over face. I was, I, I just, I was suspended in midair, you know, like being in this slow motion yeah, when you realise you've done wrong. Up and, yeah. <laughs> and I fucking fell right onto my, right onto my back, and then onto my side. My, my hands took a load of the hit. It was ridiculous. I honestly felt like a felt much older yeah. than my age. Yeah, you're falling over far too soon. You're shouldn't be struggling <laughs> with falling over and keeping my balance, but it was think, it was ice, man. Yeah, I always think it's, it really shocks you when you do fall over because you think, you know when you hear people when it's icy and they fall over and they break their, you know, their hip or something like that, and you always think, oh yeah, well, that won't happen to me. And then one minute you're you're walking along, next minute you're on the floor and you're like, I can't believe like how quick it could take your feet away. Damn right. You, I, you just When you're not prepared it, right? for it, like yeah. now... I'm cautious of the decking. <laughs> yeah, <good laughs> now I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. And you know my body's puts. You know I'm 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 pretty strong these days, and you know functionally in good, good, good space. And I guess my bone density is pretty good. I'm still young. There's but, no breakages in. But I tell you what, I, I couldn't help but to bitch and moan about that fall for about an hour to the wife, <laughs> going, and I just caught myself and go, I'm getting old. Man. <laughs> I'm getting old. <laughs> Adaptation. <laughs> so anyway, enough uh, enough chit chat. Let's get to what we were, were hoping to cover today. Yeah. So what we've done up until now across the Adaptation podcast episodes is we've tried to attack one big topic, and I think we'll continue to do that mm-hmm. as big topics come our way from our audience. But today, I think we. Um, we should hit out some of the easier questions that we're getting, either questions that are coming from you and I or questions we're getting from our, our audience and yeah. friends. I've got a couple in mind, but I know you had one that you were talking to me just before we flicked the mics on. 
Why yeah. you hit, hit us with that one first? Bring well, obviously, New Year's resolution is a big thing. Um, so I quite often get asked, mostly by like friends and family um, and actually other clients as well, asking me, do I see this sort of big influx of clients and drop off later on in the year? Um, in, your, in your fitness practice? In my fitness practice, yeah. Okay. And, and, and as well, have I seen it? in gyms, I've commercial gyms that I've been in, have I seen it with other personal trainers? And I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a myth. New Year's resolution, um, this influx of people having their New Year's resolution means that there's more people going to the gym in the new year. Um, and then you don't tend to see this increase of members or clients or submissions that are coming through straight away because everyone's kind of getting over Christmas and whatnot. Um, but later on, sort of maybe two weeks into January, you start seeing people go, right, I need to now take action. Um, so then obviously you do see this boost of, of, of people that are wanting to train and exercise. And then obviously naturally you're now going to have a drop off. Um, and then this drop off, it depends on each individual. Some people drop off sort of in March. Some people might drop off halfway through the year or some people might drop off after a week. Um, but really what the question is, is do I see this drop off and why is it happening? So do you see it? Yes. Every year? Every year. Okay. However, it's not a big drop off. And because for me, I work in my own studio. I don't, I only see the people I see. So if I see a big drop off for me, that's obviously I'm doing a bad job of, of either inspiring people, motivating them, getting them to build habits and whatnot. So I tend to tend to see a little bit of a drop off naturally because some people just will, but I'm not not a huge drop off really. But the the biggest thing that I have to work on when I know that they're coming to me because of this sort of New Year's, New Year's resolution, sort of resolution, yeah. and they're, they're motivated, is okay. We need to get you doing what we need to get you to do to move you towards your goal for long enough that it's cr- that you've created a habit that is now formed as a habit because if we form a habit, that means that you're going to be doing that long term and it actually becomes more effortless because you don't have to think about it as much. So building habits is one of the most important things I would say in order to keep going throughout the year and stick to your goals. So that might be drinking more water. Or it might be um, eating you know, more vegetables, it might be going for a walk once a day at lunchtime, just all these little habits that you can build into your daily routine and do it often enough um, that you, that obviously it becomes a solid habit that you'll miss when you don't do it. So you think the drop off that you do see is, is people not establishing those habits? Typically? Yeah, they haven't spent, they haven't spent long enough on doing what they're doing to form that habit. So mm-hmm. The problem is that we live in this world where there's social media and we kind of think that we we want everything done yesterday. Mm. Um, but we need to realise that things do take time and you need to be patient and it's all about progression. So you just need to stick to your plan and keep going and just it will form as a habit eventually. It's just when, I don't know, because that's different for everyone. But habit forming is one of the biggest things that you need to be aware of and work towards in the new year if you want to stick to your goals. And I think keen off of that, there's there's this notion that it, it's, it's, it's really around discipline. Like, you know, yeah. b- 
being fit and healthy and having the body that you want is really just a function of discipline, yeah. like getting up and doing the hard stuff yeah. and forcing yourself to do things you don't want to do. Yeah. And I guess to a degree, I agree. That mm-hmm. is that is what you need to do. You have to do the stuff you don't enjoy until you enjoy them. But that's the key for me is you can't ride purely on discipline mm. forever, yeah. right? So you, you can't assume you're always going to do the right things if the only way that you motivate yourself to do them is this kind of army sergeant wagging the finger, demanding you to do mm. hard work and just, you know, do things you don't enjoy. I don't mm. think that's sustainable. Instead, discipline has got to convert to habit and enjoyment. Yeah. So if you can go eyes wide open, you know, eyes open into trying to change a habit and create an outcome you want, think about your goal is to create a habit and to move from discipline to becoming habitual where it it's something either you become addicted to or it becomes easier or it becomes more enjoyable yeah. because you've, you've enjoyed the process. And if you can think discipline is only needed for the probably the first two to three months of yeah. trying a new habit, mm-hmm. because I, I think they say within two to three months of consistent working yeah. out or most things, you'll get a, a low-level addiction. It'll become habitual, so you don't think about it less. It's yeah. less... You don't have to think about okay, what taxing. do I need to wear, where do I need to go, what exercise do I need to do, how many how many calories do I need to eat. Yeah. It now just becomes, you know, muscle memory. Yeah. At that point, as you say, it's less taxing, and then you start to find the joy of it. And then discipline is no longer a function. I wouldn't say I'm particularly disciplined. Yeah. So going to the gym. Exactly. I enjoy going to the gym, and I go to the gym because it's a habit. It's yeah. an addiction. And it's now a way of life, you, isn't it? Yeah, it's a way of life. You don't, you, you're not so disciplined that you're constantly battling with yourself, telling yourself you need to get to the gym. You probably just go, right, I, I need to go to the gym, or I, I'm going to go to the gym five times this week, and you'll just slot it in as and where you normally do, and just roll out of bed, put your clothes on, go into the gym, do work out, have a shower, a crack on your day. It's not too much of a chore. It's not that taxing because it's just a habit. You just do it and it's just been formed over many of years. But habits don't happen because you want them to. They happen yeah. through practice. Yeah. So accept. Now, if you set a New Year's resolution, accept you're going to have to be disciplined with all the negative yeah. connotation of di- discipline It'll get for the first the two to three months. Yeah. You have to just show up whether you want to or not. Yeah. But no that there's this kind of like this this uh, ceiling that you break through eventually where it becomes when it turns from discipline into enjoyable habit yeah. and once you get into that space it's easy to mo- motivate yourself to take action mm-hmm. so i would say absolutely if habit forming yeah. you've got to accept that you haven't got the habit yet it's always going to feel difficult for the first month or two of trying anything new but persevere because you know through the other end of that mm-hmm. you're going to have a habit you can hold on to for the rest of your life exactly yeah not just habit though, I would also say enjoying the process versus only thinking about the outcome, mm-hmm. I think can probably turn a lot of people off. What I mean yeah. by that is I'm coming to you because I've got 50 pounds to lose and I've got a holiday in June or yeah. whatever. Sounds quite bold, but doable. Um, so my goal is I want to look as good as I possibly can for that holiday. Yeah. So tell me what I need to do to shift the weight and we start making progress in the first few weeks and I get inspired yeah but the natural 
the natural flow of weight loss, especially if you're trying to do it healthily and safely, is at some point those reductions on those on the weight scales are going to start to slow down, and you're going to have to try hard. You know, you're going to have to do new things and be creative and just accept that that reduction is going to taper and uh, the benefits per week are going to slow down, yeah. but you're still going to make progress. And I think it's probably where you lose a lot of people. Yeah. Is that yeah, after was... that initial drop yeah. and things start becoming harder and the excitement of progress um, tapers because progress is slower after the first month, then I yeah. think people go, well, you know, this is too hard. I'm not going to get to my goal. All I care about is my goal. And therefore they get distracted and do other stuff versus mm. find a way to enjoy the process. Yeah. Because if you can enjoy the process yeah. of getting healthier, being fitter, mm-hmm. you know, feeling what it feels like to be more cardiovascularly fit or starting to feel your muscles or starting to see progress in the mirror or progress, you know, lifting weights. I think if you can enjoy the pro process and the progress that you're seeing, mm-hmm. That for me is the key to sustainably changing yeah. diet and exercise. If you're just maniacally focused on the goal, yeah, I I feel that you end up you're you're more likely to be disenfranchised mm-hmm. and get distracted because the goal can sometimes feel too far away. Yeah, I think that's uh, I, what I tend to do with a lot of clients is I will say, okay, right. What's your, what's your extrinsic goal? What what do you want to achieve? Let's say this year, um, and it's a, a kind of a lighter goal. Kind of like you say, it might be you want to lose X amount of pounds for this holiday. That's okay, great. So we'll put that down as a goal. But I'll I'll, I'll put that down as a goal, but not a means to to the end. So if people only solely focus on that holiday that's not enough motivation to keep going when you mm-hmm. say this when this progress slows down that's when most people drop off because they yeah. go you know what it's getting hard now and i do you know what i don't actually really care about whether i look good or not on holiday some people do and it is enough of a of a drive for them to to keep going but a lot of people it is not evoking enough emotion within them to keep yeah. going or so anything then, externally like you know looking good for the opposite sex or yeah you know, being attractive to to your husband, husband or wife. I mean, I think all of those could be very strong motivators for yep. certain people. So but then, I, what you're saying is they're external, like you're doing it yeah. for someone else or for someone anything. else, a look and things like that. And then I say, okay, now what's your intrinsic goal? What and that's where you really tap in. And then again, they'll probably say, oh, I want to look, you know, better, you know, um, naked in front of my husband or something like that. And and again, you. You kind of have to keep asking why, because although that might sound like a good, good enough answer, it's not really delving deep enough into that emotion. And then eventually it might be, you know, we we don't, you know, there's not enough romance. There's not, not enough intimacy. Yeah. I don't have confidence Don't have anymore. confidence. I don't yeah. think I, I can get his attention anymore. Exactly. And I feel that our, our relationship is suffering. And now all of a sudden you've got an emotional reason why this is important yeah and then okay. that that is really strong and you've got to remind yourself of that's the real reason not to walk on the beach looking great in a bikini um for everyone to see it's 
actually, this is the real reason I'm training. This is the long-term overriding goal. Um, my short-term goal is the holiday. Yep, I can use that as a bit, bit of extra motivation and a bit of a deadline to sort of work towards. Yeah. But that is not my main goal. It's just a milestone. Yeah, and just really, you just, and I think you just got to do a bit of self-reflection. Sit there and ask yourself, why am I going to the gym? Why am I, pun- you know, some people punish themselves, you know, they, they go to the gym because they feel they have to. And go, why am I doing that? What? What, what is it within me that's pushing me to, to diet and exercise and try and lose weight and, and look better on the beach? And just keep asking yourself why. Mm. Eventually you'll get to the answer, but it takes a little bit of self-reflection, but you will get the answer. You just have to keep asking the questions. And if you, and so what you're saying, if, if you can get your clients to understand that intrinsic why, yeah, you know, whether it's longevity, like, you know, I'm, I'm feeling the consequences of age and the oh. lack the, the, the lack of looking after myself for the last fifty years. Oh, I feel and I'm like concerned. I did twenty, yeah. And I'm concerned that I can't <laughs> give as much to my grandkids, and I'm not, I'm concerned about how long I'll be on this earth for. See, and I, I, I yeah, I want to I want to li- I don't want to live a slow, painful death. Mm. I want to live a vital, energized, yeah. long life. And now all of a sudden, it's about the grandkids. It's about. Um, not getting you know cancer or a disease that they've seen other people have got because they haven't looked after themselves now all of a sudden there's this fear factor and personal motivation that is deeper than i want my body to look a slightly different way yeah because usually the reason you want to look better is usually because you want other people to see that you want other people to compliment you it's usually what other people think of you and that's just not it's got to come within you it's got to come from your own reasons so and when when you do that when you get a client to that place where they've got the milestone which is yeah. lose x weight by this time for this event mm-hmm. so the kind of the more, more shallow but important milestone goals they have and then you dig deeper enough so that they can express some emotion yeah i've got two questions one do you get raw emotion have you ever had either people break down or yeah. tear up tear up or, or just all of a sudden you see you've you've struck a, a nerve and two, has does that make a difference to them showing up yeah. in the long term? Um, the answer is yes, both of those questions. Um, I've certainly <laughs> brought people to tears, not really? in a horrible way, but it's, it's simply because I, I just keep asking the question, why, 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 why? And then eventually we dig deep enough and then when they get the answer... It's almost revelationary. Yeah, but it's okay. kind of like if you have counselling and you, you go to see someone and people end up crying because... That sometimes they're asking questions and they keep asking questions and you have to keep answering the questions until you actually tell the truth and when you tell the truth mm. that's quite freeing and I think it's not not bad when someone's crying it's not a bad thing it's a good thing because for a month, they've understood themselves and they've understood themselves yeah. and they're being true and honest and it's so raw yeah and then after that you tend to see um, the response you get from that client turning up and listening to you and applying what you said so much greater because now they've tapped into this emotion you've just got to remind yourself so when you're feeling down and unmotivated and not wanting to do it um, you've just got to tap emotional why yeah you got to sit there and go but but why why did i start doing this why did i start doing you know getting onto this road um of health and fitness and then when you start sort of tapping into that emotion you can just keep using that to keep yourself i think you're bang on man because because I know there there are weeks, 
or longer periods of time when I've just fucked up, mm. right? Not, not fucked up because, you know, that's the way I look at life, either I'm doing good or I'm doing bad, but, you know, I've indulged, you know, I've, I've had a few days on the trot where, you know, I've either been out and, you know, had food and not counted calories and, you know, yeah. you, you kind of, you, you might binge because you might mm-hmm. have kind of gone on this slippery slope and then as soon as you start going backwards, all things stop. Right, the Wayne st- girls stop moving. Yeah. Or they go in the wrong direction. All of a sudden, like you're 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 at a point which is hard. It's like, am I willing to persevere yeah. through getting no return from my investment, or actually going backwards? Am I willing to dig deep and see this as a blip, or just see yeah. this as a point in time where then I break through and then I start making progress again? Or is this point of slowing down or going backwards enough for me to just go, fuck it, throw in the towel, yeah. it's too hard. And if the goal's not strong enough or you don't believe you can achieve the goal, I think that's also, yeah. you set goals which are too unrealistic. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I'm, I'm 250 pounds, I want to get to 150 pounds yeah. in three months' time. And then after a month and a half, you realise there's no fucking way in hell you're going to achieve that no. really ridiculous goal. Then you go, fuck it, there's no point. Yeah. There's no point in going for it because the goal's unattainable. Exactly. So I think all of this plays in. Well, You've got to be smart around how yeah. you set your goals, right? Yeah, I mean, because obviously we're talking about habit building and motivation right now, but that's all well and good if you have got a realistic goal. But like you said there, if you've got a goal that isn't realistic and it, it's not attainable, then... You, of course, eventually you are going to get unmotivated. You're going to get disenfranchised. It'd be like, what's, what's the point? You're setting yourself what's up for failure. I can't do this. Exactly. So you've almost got to, at, right at the beginning, think about why you're doing it. So the motivation, tap into that emotion. Then you've got to set your goal and make sure it's realistic and achievable. So you're not setting yourself up for failure. And then the actions you take in order to reach that goal um, have to be um, done with enough repetition until it becomes a habit. Perfect. So yeah. that's basically what we're trying to say in a nutshell, really. Um, and that's my job personally as a coach. That's what I, those are the sort of areas that I focus on. I'd say that's probably that more, more important than, you know, you yeah. telling people what to do and, yeah. you know, whipping them in the gym for the hour PT session you have. Yes, exactly. It's keeping them inspired yeah. to take action when the going gets tough. Yeah. Because health... Fitness, well-being is a constant journey. Yeah. Now, and there'll be moments in time where you achieve something that is significant and you feel great, I've arrived. But no one's ever arrived at perfect health. I don't think I'll ever arrive at my perfect body with my perfect well-being, with no ailments, where I feel completely alive and there's nothing wrong or nothing yeah. to fix or improve. There's always improvements. And you understand that, so that stops you from again going off the rails because you're like you know what like some days i'm going to have a bad day and you know flare-ups are going to happen and injuries and you know you you understand that it's not a linear path and that you're gonna you're never going to be in this perfect place and it's a continuous journey and the sooner you understand that the more you can come to peace of it and the less you'll kind of get thrown off and unmotivated and coming on and off of your goals. So. And then and then I think on that as well, if if the the why is strong enough, mm-hmm. the goals are realistic, yeah. you form habits mm-hmm. and you look at this as a as as a journey of change, um then I think you can get comfortable 
when there are setbacks. Yeah. So the biggest thing for me in <clears throat> my goals in pursuing the body that I'm after and the, the, the strength goals I have as well as the well-being goals, which are massive for me, is getting comfortable with not always doing things perfect. Yeah. So when I do have a day where I don't hit the plan I expected to, whether it be in the kitchen, um, you know, having too much of something I shouldn't have or missing a few days off work, uh, off training because of injury, is to not get demotivated by that, but <clears throat> accept and give myself some slack. Mm. And go, this is the long game. This is the long game we're after. The goals I'm, 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 I'm seeing progress weekly and monthly, so I know I'm in the right direction. Yeah. Um, one, two, or three days isn't going to change things materially. I want to live on this earth for as long as I can. Mm. We're talking about you know decades. So a day or two where my plan gets screwed for mm -hmm. reasons either in or outside of my control. Yeah. Give yourself some slack. Yeah. And go. It's fine. Just jump back on the horse tomorrow. Today is what it is. Get back on the horse tomorrow because the wire's strong enough, my habit's formed, I enjoy the process, and I believe that out the outcomes I'm getting after are achievable. Exactly. Cool. All right. You spoke about something there, which is a perfect segue into a question I had for you. Right. Okay. So there, there is going to come a time mm -hmm. when you're working out um, and you know generally trying to push yourself that you're going to get hurt or things are going to happen to your body that prevent you from working out the way you want. So the question I have for you is actually quite specific to me, Brent. Right, okay. So when you and I met, you know, um, kind of this time last year, mm -hmm. I brought you in to help fix up my programming and, you know, get me on a path towards making material gains in the gym. Yeah. Um, and I brought to you a problem, a reoccurring knee issue. Mm. Or I've got that again. Yeah. So you, you'd, you'd helped fix and correct some of the issues, which meant yeah. I could freely do squats and use my body in a way which didn't hurt. Um, previously, I used to get this kind of, I think it's called theatre goer's knee, this um, this kind of heat and pain behind the patella, behind the kneecap. Mm -hmm. And it would either come on as I sit for prolonged periods of time, it would just start to flare up yeah. and I'm doing nothing. And it would also ache to the point I couldn't work out, especially in squats. Yeah. Put a weight on my back, start squatting, and it would it would get to the point where it comes this uncontrollable pain and I have to release the weight, and then within a minute or so, it subsides. Yeah. So I had that. We've done some work, got in a better place. I mm -hmm. think I know roughly what I've done to get myself better, but it's back. Yeah. So knee pain, is it is it the end of the world? Does it mean surgery? Um, and if the answer is no to that, mm -hmm. how do I go th about thinking about knee pain and how I might be able to remove it from my life? Yeah, I think there's a few things, and I want to I want to answer this um, quite generally so that I can answer other people's questions about their knee pain also okay. as well as you. So um, there'll be a few things that I think may be going on here. Um, first of all, I obviously. I'm not a physio, so I can't obviously diagnose. If any of you guys do have knee problems and you can't seem to, you know, with rest and it's not getting better, go see a physio or go see a specialist that can diagnose you. At least you've got an answer then to what it is. Um, but to answer your question, Steve, you've, it's, it 
re- it's reoccurring. It comes back. It's nothing um, really... It's not serious to the point where you're going to have to have an operation. Um, what it, There's a few things that might be going on. It could be what's called um, patella femoral um, pain syndrome, which a lot of runners get, or a lot of, a lot of athletes can get it. So I'm calling you an athlete now. Cool. Um, I'll, that I'll, I'll have that time. <laughs> but when you're, it's when you're squatting, right? So you're, you, you sort of feel um, almost like it's heat and pain under the knee, under the kneecap. Mm-hmm. And the kneecap's called the patella. Um, so that's where the patella femoral pain syndrome um, name comes from. Now, what can be happening there is your quadriceps can get tight for whatever reason. It might be from sitting a lot. could be from weak quads. Um, weak quads can actually equal tight quads. Okay. A lot of people associate tightness with, with being strong. Oh, my muscles are tight because they're really strong. Actually, it could be the opposite. Okay. <clears throat> um, so what this might mean, let me put this in context. So you've got um, your quadriceps, which is your thigh. And you've got your vastus medialis, which is on the, sorry, your vastus lateralis, which is obviously the lateral side of your quad. That could be pulling your kneecap. So the quads are connected to the kneecap. To the kneecap. So it could literally be pulling your kneecap um, up and to the side. Okay. Okay. Because that's obviously running down the side of your thigh. And why would that be a problem? Now that will, will pull it to the side, which means that your kneecap now is not tracking the way it should be. And when you're bending your knee, obviously your, your patella is not running through the grooves it should be because it's being pulled to the side, which can cause sort of irritation, inflammation behind the kneecap. Um, so so but let, me, let me understand it. So you've got, your kneecap is a, a floating bone. Yeah. It's not actually, you know, physically connected yeah. to your, your female, the female tibia. Yeah. You know, the, bone muscles so exactly. the bones in your leg yeah so it's a floating bone yeah and it sits in a groove which yeah. should go vertically mm-hmm. so it, it should go in one direction basically from your shin going up towards your your hip as yeah. you bend and flex your knee exactly and it should be if you're healthy and your your muscles are not doing what you're suggesting yeah it should go straight up and down without deviating to the left or right at all exactly and if it deviates then what's the problem um if it deviates the problem we quite often see is like i said the vastus lateralis which is the lateral side of your thigh can be pulling that that patella off to the side and up slightly okay uh, causing irritation because it's now not sitting in its groove so it's now leaning on a muscle or a ligament ligament in your knee so okay. it's now being pulled across well it's it's being pulled across and it's just going to cause irritation because there's going to be more contact there so it's not sitting where it's designed to sit and glide and now it's leaning on a ligament and it's inflaming that that ligament yeah um yes i I don't because i'm not physical i don't know the the serious ins and outs of it but what happens is if if someone comes to me with this um syndrome because obviously i don't diagnose it someone will i refer out someone will come back and say this is their the issue that they have and then more often than not, we'll, we'll test their leg strength, their quad strength, and the vastus medialis, which is on the inside of your quad, is weaker. So it's not pulling the knee back into alignment. Right. So you've got this imbalance between your vastus lateralis pulling it off to the left. Got it. Um, or the right, obviously, pulling outwards. So you have basically have a knee, knee um, 
a new tracking issue. Exactly. Okay. So there's there's this balance that needs to be corrected. So your vastus medialis um, oblique, which you may know by VMO, a lot of people call it VMO, obviously in the inside of your leg, we need to strengthen that to pull your kneecap back in. Back that, into its neutral position. Exactly, back into its neutral position okay. and allow your... Um, take off some of the tension on the outer side of your quad okay. to allow your kneecap to sort of pull back into alignment. So would, would that would that explain what's happening with me, do you think, in terms of symptoms? So my knee feels okay. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like as if I walk around hobbling. Yeah. My knee, my knees feel completely like healthy most, most of the time. Yeah. But it it's when it's when I'm squatting and I'm mm-hmm. putting weight on onto my knees and probably I'm flexing them and my knees are going forward as I'm kind of dropping down into the squat so they're getting into quite a flexed position yeah and I've got load on there yeah are you suggesting that as I'm doing that movement that's maybe the way I'm moving and the the tightness or lack of those muscles as I'm doing it with weight purposefully is now kind of forcing and dragging the knee over yeah. to the, over on the ligament? Well, there's a few things. So obviously there could be, obviously this imbalance that we're talking about now where it's pulling your patella off to the side. Okay. But then there's obviously, okay, why is that happening? Okay, if your VMO on the inside of your quad is weak or it needs, yeah, so it's weak, so we need to pull it back and we need to uh, loosen off the lateral side. But that could be coming from your hips that could be coming from your glutes your bum oh, right. or the, the big stabilizing muscles there could be an imbalance there where they're not strong enough and it's causing this imbalance down to your quads so it's there's a number of things that could be going on there um another thing could be poor movement mechanics just kind of like you're saying there it could be knee alignment when you're squatting you may not be holding your knee in the right position as you're squatting down now there's something that's called valgus knee where your knee drops in, so it almost caves in. Um, that can happen. Um, you see quite a lot as, of people do that in the gym, right? Yeah, you know, as, as they're coming out of the hole yeah. to get themselves out, their knees end up kind of collapsing in, banging almost. into each other. Yeah, to get well, them not to in touch, up. but you just see this kind of this wobble. Yeah, and, and it's okay. But if you think if you've got a heavy load on your back and your your knees are collapsing in, um, then we just need to strengthen the external rotating muscles. Um, in the glutes and you might have to strengthen your quads in order to support that knee alignment when you're coming out of the squat. Okay. Okay. So uh, there's... And if, if you get this valgus knee, could that cause irritation as well? That could cause irritation. Okay. Um, so this kind of leads, leads us on to the next thing that, that we need to look at. And I think you should look at this anyway, even if you have got this, um, let's say, tracking issue of your patella, this still needs to be addressed, which is your ankle and hip mobility. Let's think about the the joints individually. Your ankle is a mobile joint. Your knee is a stable joint. Your hip is a mobile joint. So above and below your knee, you've got two mobile joints. And by now, mobile, you mean that they can go they in can, loads of different directions? Yeah, they're, they're okay. greater range of, of movement. Yeah. Um, Whereas the knee can only basically... Yeah, um, extend and flex, yeah. Go in so one direction, okay. What what happens is if there's a lack of movement because your ankles are tight or your hips are tight and you're going drop down to squat, where's that extra movement going? Right. It has to go somewhere, right? That added pressure because oh. the movement's not happening. So your knee, which is a stable joint, is now having to 
to almost compensate. There's more movement going through your knee than there should be. Because your hips are too tight because or your ankles uh, are not yeah. allowing your, your shins to to kind of go forward exactly the squat okay. so then now there's this sort of resistance going through through your knees okay. so we need to make sure that obviously that's one of the first things I would look at as well is can can you how well can your ankles move what's the range of motion there like what's the range of motion in your hips like um, if they move well upstream downstream from the knee then mm-hmm. we know that's okay and that's probably when I'll say okay now I'll refer you off to someone else they can you know actually play around with it have a look and see what's going on and they can give me sort of an answer um but more often than not it can just be from sitting too much and we get tight hip flexors our quads get tight and we just need to increase the range of motion in the hips we need to increase the range of motion from our ankles because again they get tight from sitting once we've done that sometimes you see the knee pain go away and, and um, if, if we think about it, that kind of happened to me last time. So the, when when you were over, the when you first diagnosed this problem and helped me do some corrective work, and we should yeah. talk about what corrective work is, um, think about my lifestyle. I I work in an industry which is office bound or traveling. Yeah. You know, in in cars or planes or trains. So I'm sitting down all the time, mm-hmm. typically in bad posture, and. I didn't ever think about mobility as a as a thing that's important to me. It's like I don't want to do yoga. Yeah. I don't need to do stretches. It doesn't serve me. I just you know I, I want to I want to get fit. I want to get buffer, and therefore I'm going to focus on doing training. Mm-hmm. Mobility stuff seems pointless. Stretching seems pointless. So I wasn't stretching. I wasn't focused on mobility and whether I have tightness, and I wasn't um, I wasn't re- relieving any tightness that maybe existed in my muscles. Yeah, and. I think you looked at my form and my form was a bit off. I was getting valgus knee. My knees were collapsing in as I was coming out of the squat. Mm-hmm. And I think you can stack all that together. Bad posture, sitting and standing, weak muscles, quads yeah. and glutes, bad form or ineffective form when I'm squatting. And I think that all stacked together mm-hmm. to probably give me what you're talking about, which is this uh, knee tracking issue. Yeah. Because then we done a bunch of stuff, and I must admit, you know, up until recently, everything everything was good. Um, we'll talk about what I did in a second, but now I'm back to the same problem. Mm-hmm. But if I if, bit of a confessional, right? You know, in 2018, I have dropped the amount of mobility drills and practices and stretches that uh, you know you and the chiropractor suggested I do. Not com- completely, but mostly. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been a function of time and priority. Yeah. Because my time's gone so much into what we do here at Adaptation and the learning and kind of building phase that I've dropped the mobility stuff by and large. I'm sitting down significantly more than I was previously. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting with bad posture because I'm checking myself and trying to correct it, but it, I continue to slump. And I think you just stack those two things together. I'm now creating bad mechanics yeah or i don't know i assume that that's what it is because it doesn't feel chronic Mm -hmm. and it isn't happening all the time it's happening when i get into these movements and i can't help but to feel that i've done it to myself yeah because if you think about it last time what we've done is we worked on improving your uh, mobility range of motion and your movement mechanics when you're doing your all your exercises whether that's a lunge or a squat um, and the pain 
went away. Yeah. But like you said, now you're obviously doing less mobility, less um, sort of less of the recovery side of things. Um, but you're still training just as much. The mm. knee pain started to creep back in, so that's your body's way of saying maybe you're you're just pushing a little bit too much and not you're creating these imbalances giving back. Again. Yeah, exactly. You're creating these imbalances. So it's probably just a matter of of again your t- where we know you get chronically tight from sitting down a lot. You your hips are getting tight. We know your ankles can occasionally get tight. And I mean, if we work on that again and then the pain goes away, then we know what the issue is. But if it um, give, persists, give, us, then... give us your top three. So given what you know of me, and I know mm-hmm. not everyone with knee pain is going to have exactly the same situation as me. Yeah. But there's going to be a lot of people that have knee problems because they sit too much and they've got like sitting disease yeah. and they haven't focused on body mechanics and they don't do enough mobility and stretching. Yeah. So assuming that's my case and the same for uh, others listening. What would be your top few things you would recommend I do to start the correction process? Um, well, I would ha- I would put myself into... Obviously, I do a movement screen with a lot of my clients. So that's going to be hard to explain on the mic, but I will put certain movements... I'll, I'll get someone t- to do certain movements and I'll assess how they're moving. Um, then I can go from there, but... What I would suggest is, first, if you do have a knee pain, go get it checked out by someone um, that knows what they're talking about, give yep. you a diagnosis. But um, if you know that you sit a lot, then it may be worth looking at, number one, doing um, stretching your quads off, opening up the hips. Because if you're sitting there in a flexed position all the time, we know by opening up the hips and putting the hips into extension... That will um, help, obviously... Relieve some of that tension. Relieve some of that tension. Pulling, pulling the kneecap. Yeah, so... so what would that look like? I love... One of the, my favourite go-to exercises is um, either a split lunge... A uh, split squat, sorry. Um, which I'll explain what that is in a sec. Or a Bulgarian split squat. So, so split, you're actually talking about doing exercises, doing stretches? Yeah, because... The, okay. I mean, you can do stretches and you can do active stretches where you hold a stretch on a specific muscle that may be tight. You can hold the stretch on that muscle and then you can put the opposite resistance on. So if I'm stretching my quad, I'm going to now try and extend my quad just out of, outside of that range that I know is limited. So if I'm pulling my heel to my bum, which is a typical quad stretch most people do, if I pull my heel to my bum and I'm feeling this stretch in my quad, I'm going to hold that and then what I'm going to do is I'm then going to try and kick my foot into my hand with about 20% pressure and I'm going to hold that pressure just outside that stretch zone, if you would, for about 10 to 20 seconds with 20% pressure, so nothing crazy. Once that 20 seconds is up, I would then pull my leg back into that stretch and you'll feel after you've just contracted that muscle it will relax and then you contract again so you put pressure through the foot again as if you're trying to extend your leg hold up 20 seconds and then relief and then pull your heel to okay. again that's a good way because i think stretching alone is is yeah it's fine but i think there's more effective ways like that to, to help would you, would you recommend the super couch so super couch where you place your, Basically, you look like you're in a lunge, and then you, yeah, imagine you lift you're, your yeah. your heel to your bum by putting it against. Exactly. The wall. Imagine yeah. you're proposing to someone. You're going to be on one knee, but you're 
your back foot is going to be propped up on the sofa with your back knee on the floor and then obviously your front foot out in front. Well, I do have we do have a blog on this by the way. Yeah, so exactly. It's, it's in the tips, tricks and tools with yeah. the adaptation blog. So you'll see me doing this. Yeah. But this is a great one. This is great so great because it stretches all of your quads. It stretches um, your psoas and your core muscles, oh, which yeah, are yeah, usually yeah. chronically tight through sitting down mm-hmm. as well. And it feels um, parasympathetic. It feels quite relaxing. Once yeah. there's a little bit of pain and that subsides and you relax into the stretch, mm-hmm. you just feel calm and yeah. you know you're doing yourself good because that hip, all the hip flexors, the quads and the psoas, are tight and it's so tight yeah. for me because I sit down so much. What I would say with that stretch is I tend to see people overextend in the lower back because they are chronically tight in the front of the hips. They lift their body up and crank through the lower back because their hips aren't actually opening up. Right. So that's the only thing I would say is just be mindful that you're not lifting your body and cranking through the lower back, that you're just trying to get, trying to push your hips to open up. Okay. Yeah. By so, tightening your, your glutes a little bit? Yep, so brace your glutes because you want this this um, agonist and antagonist um, muscle going on. So you basically, if you fire up the glutes, which extend your hips, then the muscles that flex your hips will relax and shut yeah. a little bit okay. more. So yeah, that's a good way of opening up the hips. Um, somewhere else I see people where they're chronically tight is adductors, um, so on the inside of your legs. From, from, your groin, from your from groin, from your groin to your knee, basically. Yeah, exactly. So a good way to stretch that is sitting up, getting right up against the wall. But I think that you need to be aware that if you're, if you if your bum basically isn't touching the wall, then you may be sort of rounding through the lower back. So you need to make sure that you sit right against the wall on the floor, and bring your legs out. So you're almost in a split stance. Okay. And from there, you should feel a nice sort of stretch through your adductors there. That's another good stretch. But, okay. I mean, there's there's hundreds there's, of there's ways. Lo- of, there's yeah, loads of ways. To stretching. Stretch. That's just stretching. Obviously, you've Lunges, got stretches. myofascial release. So you could do foam rolling um, where you lie on a, a foam roller. It is what it is. You know, foam roller and you can roll um, and help to relieve tension that way. Is, is, that, is that a useful tool, do you think, I should be using for... Yeah, I think it's useful. I personally use it actually in my warm-up. Now, there's a lot of controversial sort of um, talk around foam rolling and when you should do it, when you shouldn't do it. For me personally, if I if I squat in my warm-up and I feel like my hips are tight or I feel there's specific areas that, that just aren't quite working the way I want it to, I might jump on the foam roller for 30 seconds. I might work on that chronically tight area, get back into the squats and see how I feel. That's where I find the most benefit from foam rolling because I'm not just kind of foam rolling and, oh, yeah, it's all fixed now, brilliant, it's loose, I can, you know, go about my day. I think you need to work on that area that's tight and then couple that with a strength exercise to reinforce that new range you've just created. Okay. Um, to me, that's the best way and how I feel when I do that, I feel great because um, I've also had any issues in the past which flare up every now and then. Um, so that's how I manage it personally. I work on these stretches. I open up the hips, open up the hip flexors, um, sort of stretch off the quads. And and can we just, and, just, just for the context of people, help them understand this myofascial release, just at the high level, uh, your muscle fibers, um, have this thing called fascial, which runs all the way throughout it. Think of it as like this kind of white glue type substance mm-hmm. that goes all the way across all your 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 muscles all up and down your body and this this fascial this kind of like 
PVA kind of skinny glue yeah. type thing can get pretty um, knotted up in a way. Knotted up, like exactly. And it, and it, ligmentous, like it's holding it on. Has, it has the kind of fibres attached to themselves. And think about it, if, if all these fibres are anchoring to themselves because this fascial has kind of glued them together, it creates knots and it creates this tension. Yeah. So when you do myofascial release, what you're trying to do is you're trying to loosen up the fascial to allow the fibres to smoothly go um, across each other, to move yeah. freely around one another as opposed to be glued tight onto each other. Yeah. And so what I found, and I, I, I think myofascial release, foam rolling, near my kneecaps, just above, mm -hmm. on that kind of bulbous part of your kind of quad, uh, an inside of your quad, just above your kneecap, if I kind of foam roll there and I go really slowly, and then when I feel a little bit of pain, I actually rock left and right as opposed to up and down on mm -hmm. the roller. I, I rock left and right. And once I feel that pain, I extend. It's more like discomfort, isn't it? It's like, it's almost pain. It's like discomfort, isn't it? But, but yeah, it's, but it's not like I'm in agony. It's just yeah. like, oh, yeah, I don't like that. And then I open up my knees and then close them shut. So I kind of yeah. pull my leg out and then bring it back to my butt. And I go slowly. And if I just kind of rock in that position, mm -hmm. move the leg up and down, it creates just a little bit of release and I go up and down my quad just trying to search out those like painful spots mm -hmm. and I also find right at the front of my quadricep um, right in the middle the, there right in the middle so of the, the thigh femoris, yeah. that guy can get pretty gnarly as well yeah. so I'll find a spot there and again I'm rolling in and out this might take you five ten minutes on the leg I wouldn't do that before doing squats because I think that could actually take away some of your strength I would do like a proper if you're probably going to go to town, do five, ten minutes, really loosen up your quads, probably do that after you've worked out in the evening. Yeah. But that has made a big difference because I do think you're right. I do think it's, it's the tightness issue. in my quads, uh, tracking my kneecaps inappropriately, leaning onto ligaments, causes inflammation. And whilst that inflammation doesn't present itself in my normal day-to-day -day movements, it does when I then go to start lifting heavy because yeah. now my, my biomechanics are slightly off and when the weight is applied and I'm moving slightly wrong and it's yeah. tightness, then it all goes to pop. What I will say, to throw a cat amongst the pigeons right now, is obviously as we're talking, this is kind of, I'm kind of getting more feedback as well, where you're saying when you foam roll on the inside of your um, your quad, which is your VMO, you're, you're feeling like that's really tight. Now, that's... It's less tight, it's more pain. More pain. Yeah. So that might be because that's chronically tight because it's trying to cling on for dear life and, and fight against your, your lateral. That could um, be more dominant. Yeah, that's more dominant. That's pulling your kneecap to the right. So your your VMO on the inside of your thigh is, is clinging on. And that's, you know mine are quite big, right? The VMO part is quite a chunky part of my legs. Like As I stand up, I've yeah. got this like second kneecap. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. on the inside of, my, inside of my knee. And I think maybe... Mm. Maybe it's 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 not developed enough, or, or it's not strong enough, or it's not got a good enough structural strength. But I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think what what the probably best idea here is is to figure out where you're strong, where you're weak in your quads, and then work on that balance. Um, but it's always a good idea to make sure that your hips are moving well. Okay, make that a priority. Make sure that your ankles are moving well as well. Make sure that you can squat comfortably 
in the bottom of the squat position, body weight, before you go and load it up with, with weight. Because if you can't hold the bottom of the squat because your hips are tight and your ankles are tight, and then you go and load a bar on your back, that's just going to cause problems. So just making sure that you, you have the range and the mobility to get into a full squat position first. Make sure your ankles are good, hips are good. Another thing I would mention is you may have checked all these things and it could be your opposite shoulder that's causing the problems, right? Um, something that we we sometimes see is if you again have bad posture because you're sitting a lot your pec minor which is a muscle in your chest can get tight and pull your shoulder forwards and create this kind of slouching position Mm -hmm. if that happens that's now going to affect your whole mechanics your whole biomechanics your kinetic chain throughout the body and we know that your opposite shoulder our, our body kind of works in a cross section so if it's your right shoulder, it could affect your left knee because your pec minor is rounding your shoulder, pulling it forwards. Your lat muscle, which runs up your back to your shoulder, is now clinging on again for dear life, trying to pull you trying back, to pull the shoulder back, which attaches right down to your lower back here, which could cause lower back issues. So now your body's trying to compensate yeah. for that tightness on the left-hand side, and now it's creating tightness on the right hip yeah and then your hip can be hiked up and then and then now that's creating tightness on the left knee so it's zigzagging it can come across the shoulder to to hip yeah to knee to ankle that's interesting so that makes sense right work up the body and this it's it's quite funny how body works but the the problem with this is that there's so many things that it could be that i mean that's why i'm saying to you guys if you do have knee issues you need to go out and get get assessed um, like for you for instance we're now going to have to do a little bit more now it's coming back I mean we may just do what we did last time and it seems to go away but then we need to look at how we stop that from coming back yeah um, maybe that's just not sitting as maybe much maybe bad habits that are creeping back yeah. in or maybe there is some weaknesses there that so, we need to make sure we work no, on I, I totally agree with you Bryn I think um, these kind of things deserve some expert opinion and diagnosis but I would say general general kind of good practice mm-hmm. that I know when I do I feel so much better generally yeah is we should absolutely think about if you sit a lot whether you're in pain or not you are going to have these imbalances that run across your quads into your hip flexors into your back and into your core because your core's not switched on when you're, you're sitting down. Yeah. Your glutes are turned off when you're sitting down. So both of those are going to be weaker than they should be. Something has normally. to stabilise your pelvis. And, if, and if, it'll be the back and the, the quads, right? Well, your hip flexors usually take up the slack. So if you're, if you're sitting in this bad position and, and your core's base... And I say core, core is lats, it's your lower back, it's your glutes. There's so many core muscles... But if let's just say your abdominals are not switched on and they're not sort of holding you in a uh, sort of a neutral position, let's say, um, and your pelvic floor and whatnot, then and, and your body senses that you're in this bad position and you're unstable, something else is going to do do its job to protect the spine. So yeah. then you, you that's when you see like the psoas and, you know, so your hip flexors tend to switch on a little bit more. Um, so so it's the, the, point, the, the of, point I'm, I'm trying to make there without trying to... Uh, Let's get in, without going into things, the detail yeah. now is if you sit chronically which most people do if you don't stand up enough if you don't focus on actively trying to put yourself in a good posture which isn't particularly difficult again we've done a blog on that yeah. uh, last week actually mm-hmm. that you did bring 
um, then I would say some good practice stuff that you should do generally as general MOT work, mm-hmm. right? Think about foam rolling your quads and making sure they've got a level of like flexibility. They're not in pain when you foam roll them. If you're in pain, it means they're tight. Mm-hmm. Two, think about um, doing some of these stretches you spoke about, some of the super couch, that's again in our blog, and stretching that quad out and getting some stretch onto the psoas as well and the hip flexor, which is going to be chronically tight. Three, think about um, doing some exercises with weight, such as split squats or lunges, because in doing that, um, pain can subside when you're strong, stronger, not just when you're more stretchy. Well, like I said, some tightness um, can happen because of the because of the weakness, weakness in the muscle. Yeah. So just doing some lunges and stuff like that will, will build some strength that may actually correct this imbalance that's causing these knee, this knee pain. Mm-hmm. And then, lastly, I would I would just focus on. Um, I would I would I would just just be mindful that if you find if you check yourself sitting down try and correct that seating position as much as you possibly can. When you're standing up, just check yourself. I mean, are you are you standing in in, in, in a good way? Is, and, and again, looking at the drills that you've given, Bryn, I think are great ways of just checking that because if you're standing right, your glutes are fired up just enough, your yeah. psoas and your core muscles are turned on to keep you upright, your back um, is turned on enough just so your shoulders are down and back, and then your head is neutral. And I think if you can do that, I think that alone with the things I've said will probably do, will correct much of the damage that is caused by the fact that we just sit too much. And yeah. then of course, you know, get a PT or someone who can professionally diagnose your biomechanics yeah. and correct your form. Yeah. But there's stuff you can do, which doesn't cost you a lot of money, you can do in your own time and space that are just correcting the damage that you're causing yeah. your body by allowing these tightnesses and weaknesses to occur by sitting down too yeah. much i think a lot of it is holding a position for too long that's the bottom line isn't it the the saying goes your your best position is your next position the it's not actually sitting isn't actually bad for us it's sitting too long that's bad for us so if we're sitting for a minute and then we stand for a minute and sit for a minute then we're probably not going to have too much of an issue if we lean to one side on our hip but we only stand there for a minute and then we shift to the other hip and then stand in the middle. Your next position is your best position because you're not holding one position for too long. Interesting. So, yeah. So people that, you know, get into the habit of standing up as they work or, you know, having these um, desks that rise up or they, you know, they they generally have enough movement or they, they, when they sit down, they they think about getting that right kind of um, upright position. They're doing themselves good. For the majority of us, we don't think about those things. We get into our work zone and we, we might pump out a load of work for a couple of hours sitting down. Yeah. And it's just doing that all the time chronically. It's probably going to cause you some biomechanical and, and kind of tension and weakness issues. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time, you're going to see them expressed through pain and injury and lack of motion. I think that's what I've got right now. I think it's just a lack of care mm-hmm. and a lack of correction. So why don't we commit to kind of giving people an update in a few weeks' time. I'll do some of the drills you spoke about. Yeah, we'll do some yeah, diagnosis yeah. and see if we can get this back on track. Mm-hmm. All right, Brent. Well, we covered off uh, a good couple of questions. We covered off, you know, New Year's resolutions and goal setting and keeping tight on to things that you care about. And we spoke about knee pain, which, um, you know, ended up being a bit of a deep dive, but I think is important because a lot of people suffer with with ail- ailments and injuries. Mm-hmm. And um, 
that a lot of those are, can be correctable. Can be avoidable, yeah. I think they'll do for today. Before well, we get snowed in. Before we get snowed in, exactly. It is, it is, um, it's beautiful yeah. right now. It looks glorious, but I'm sure a lot of people are pissed off with the fact it's snowing. It's proper snow, it's not a sludge. Yeah, should we go and do some snowballs, yeah? Yeah, let's do it, snow angels. Alrighty guys, enjoy yourself. Until next time, have a great week. And just remember that we're about providing you the practical tools and expert knowledge to help improve and optimise your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Take care. Cheers, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.